Welcome to Echoes, the official podcast of the Florida State University Alumni Association. The FSU Alumni Association works to create meaningful connections between alumni and Florida State University, strengthening the alumni network and supporting students on campus every day. We couldn't do it without the support of our members, which allows us to continue to engage alumni through our eight affinity networks, 67 clubs and chapters, programming and awards, Vera's, our alumni magazine, and this podcast. Welcome back, Seminoles. We hope you're enjoying season two of Echoes. Florida State truly has the best alumni, and we love hearing and sharing their stories. Season three of Echoes is already in the works, so stay tuned for more information coming soon. Your membership at the FSU Alumni Association strengthens our university, increases the value of your FSU degree, and provides programs and services for fellow alumni and students nationwide. Join today at alumni.fsu.edu. On today's episode, our host, Keith Cottrell, speaks with J.D. Downey. A two-time alumnus of Florida State, J.D. Downey holds degrees both in political science and integrated marketing communications. His studies laid the groundwork for an impressive and fast-moving career in the marketing field. From individual brand management under the Coca-Cola umbrella to his current role as global client lead for Facebook, now Meta, J.D. is no stranger to harnessing innovation and big-picture thinking. A former national board member with the Alumni Association, J.D. has received the Emory University 40 Under 40 Award and was inducted into the prestigious Circle of Gold by the Florida State Alumni Association. This episode is sponsored by the Alumni Benefits Program. Have you looked into refinancing those student loans? Do you want to buy a home or refinance your mortgage? Our lending program can help you save money. Take advantage of zero application fees, personalized rate quotes, and a fast, simplified online application. Best of all, you could save thousands with our special rate discount. Alumni, students, faculty, staff, and family members are all eligible. To learn more, visit fsualumnibenefits.com. That's fsualumnibenefits.com. Now, on to the episode. J.D., thanks for joining us. Looking back at your time at Florida State, it's safe to say that you maximized your time on campus. You were in student government. You were in Sigma Phi Epsilon. You were Garnet and Gold Key, Torchbearers, ODK Honor Society, and a service learning volunteer, all while getting a bachelor's in political science and communication studies and a master's in integrated marketing. First of all, how? And second of all, why? Well, First, uh, thank you for inviting me to join the podcast, Keith. It's, it's always a pleasure to reconnect with FSU and, and also with you. Um, in terms of being involved and keeping busy across academics and service and leadership and, and also social life while at FSU, um, I think that was important to me the first time I, I visited Tallahassee for preview weekend. Uh, the opportunities that FSU presented as a young adult really struck me. The place, the people. The whole community, it was new, it was exciting, it was so different from high school or living at home. And I knew right away that I wanted to make the most of the opportunity. Um, 
I also had a pretty good idea that four years would, would zip by pretty quickly. And I didn't want to squander even a moment of it. Um, I wanted to make sure that I, I got the most out of FSU and didn't leave anything on the table. Uh, and that was something that my parents really instilled in me. Uh, they were proud that I was able to attend FSU and I wanted to make them proud of my time at FSU too, uh, both inside and outside of the classroom. Uh, and I'd say that that spirit, that attitude is, is really only part of the story. The truth is uh, it was the people that I met at FSU that made that ambition a, a reality for me. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate um, to just come across some incredible people that were really invested in my experience and my success at FSU. Um, I'll, I'll name a couple of them, but obviously I'll, I'll have to leave out a ton. Uh, but I had friends and mentors like Randall Vitale and Jason Sila. Uh, Randall was a, an older member of my fraternity. And when I was a pledge, um, I had a sports injury that ended any uh, aspirations I had there. Um, and because he was such a, a great leader, he recognized my strengths and, and helped me to shift that energy that I had from the field to campus leadership. And, and I, I'm just super grateful for his investment in me. That was that was something that, that I didn't know was there. Um, and like I said, Jason Sila is another one. You know, we knew each other only by reputation. He was a little bit older than me and a member of a, of a different fraternity on campus. Uh, and when Red Bull was launching in the US, he recommended me for the role as a student brand manager, uh, which was my first experience in marketing and sales and, and later would become my career. Um, he and I are, are really good friends now. And, you know, the fact that he helped me to get my career started at FSU was just uh, incredible. And, um, and it's not just students, right? There's, there, there's some professors that had a big impact on me uh, and really helped me to get involved and succeed. And uh, a few that pop out are, are, are Dr. Marilyn Young, Dr. Rayburn, uh, Dr. Bray, and Mark Ziegler. Uh, they, they all had a big impact and taught me different lessons. Um, I think the thing that really, really mattered to me was that even though I was young, they treated me like an adult. They treated me with respect. They expected me to act like an adult. And and so I did. And that really shaped me um, at a time where, you know, 18 to 22, where your life can go any different direction. So I I think I'm lucky that I got to experience a lot and and learn a lot as a result. Um, I think FSU has a ton of breadth and depth and opportunity for just an incredibly well-rounded education is there if you want to take it. Uh, and, and I always say, you know, when I talk to students, I, I hope that they recognize that and they make the most of their own experience too. You, you talk about the breadth and the depth and taking advantage of everything. And you did that and you jumped into the career, uh, your career and climbed the ladder a little bit quicker than most folks do. After getting your master's, it was not really very long until you were in a management position at Coca-Cola in their marketing operation. How did you land at Coca-Cola and how did that contribute to where you are now? Yeah, um, well, the, the, Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola story for me is really the vitamin water story. Uh, you know, lots of folks say that you learn everything you need to know in kindergarten. But for me, uh, that was vitamin water. I, I learned a lot of what I needed to know at vitamin water. Uh, I joined that team in the early startup stage and helped to build the brand in, in Florida. And after a year, I uh, was promoted up to a role in the New York headquarters. Uh, we were just growing so fast that opportunities were, were everywhere. And if you were willing to do the work and learn and grow and challenge yourself, um, you know, the, the opportunity to, to, to grow and rise with the company was there. Uh, 
similar to FSU, you know, I can't say enough about the people at Vibe and Water during those years. Um, to this day, they're some of the most passionate and determined business leaders that, that I've had the opportunity to be around. Um, everyone was super talented at what they did. Everyone worked really, really hard and pushed each other to build something really special. Uh, and everybody acted like an owner there. Um, you know, and, and whether it was the president, Mike Rapoli, who would walk up to you and ask your opinion and then act on it or, or the CMO, uh, you know, uh, Rohan Oza, who, who would go on to be on Shark Tank. You know, he'd call in a bunch of non-marketing folks into the room to weigh in on a very key marketing decision. And then we'd go with that. Uh, and we debated everything intensely. And, and, and I think the only the only wrong opinion is if you didn't have an opinion or you didn't hold on to it strongly. Um, that, that was kind of the, the, the feeling over there. Um, and so, you know, we built something really special. Uh, I, I think lots of people had the opportunity to grow with the company and take on leadership positions. Uh, and eventually, you know, we sold the company to Coca-Cola. At the time, that was Coke's largest brand acquisition. And shortly after that, that purchase, um, Coca-Cola asked me to move down to Atlanta to lead the digital marketing efforts for the North America portfolio. And that was just too good of an opportunity to, to pass up. The, the ability to learn from people leading the biggest brand in the world um, was just a great opportunity for my family and I. And, and part of my role there um, was leading partnerships with companies like Google and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, they were still young companies in 2010, uh, and sure. a couple of years later, uh, the relationships that I built in that role, you know, would go on to make a pretty big impact in my career as well. And that that takes us to where you are now. You, you use those relationships, much like you did at Florida State, to take advantage of the next step. You're now the global client lead for Facebook, which is an amazing title. But for those of us who don't know what that is, what does it mean, and what does your day to day look like in serving in that role for Facebook? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Keith. Um, yeah, the last decade at Facebook, now Meta, uh, has been just an unbelievable experience. Sheryl uh, Sandberg, who, um, who, who runs the business at, at Facebook, is chief operating officer. You know, she used to say all the time, when someone offers you a seat on a rocket ship, you don't ask which seat, you just get on. And, uh, and I think she was totally right. When I joined Facebook, the company was really still pretty young, had about 4,000 employees. Uh, and just for context, uh, we'll reach 100,000 employees uh, in 2022. Wow. So it's been a lot of growth over the last you know, nine plus years for me. Um, but I left a really great corporate marketing role at Coke to take a bet on myself and, and, and on Facebook. And I moved into a sales role which was a little scary for me. I, I wasn't used to being gold or compensated that way, uh, but I really was attracted to, and I really love building new businesses and, and new partnerships. Um, I wasn't sure how it would go, but I was just drawn to that possibility. And, and my wife, Amy, was just incredibly supportive of the move, even though she had just given birth to, uh, to our first son, Jack. Um, but what's great about Facebook, um, now meta is is also the people these guys uh these guys and, and and girls at facebook just incredibly brilliant uh always pushing the envelope on what's possible um the the, the talent is so diverse um and really global you know the, the company attracts some of the most interesting people from around the world um and the things that we work on are super exciting too you know bringing new ideas and products and possibilities to our partners um and in, in, introducing um 
you know, things that help to, to connect people and build community is, is, is awesome. You know, my role uh, on that team is, is as a global client lead, as you said, and it's an interesting one. I, I wouldn't say that there are you know, typical days. Um, as you know, I've, I, I keep some pretty odd hours being that the role is, is global. Um, but I think it, it being, um, you know, not, not typical and not standard is, is one of the things I enjoy. Uh, Meta, Meta expects a lot from its leaders and it offers a lot in terms of autonomy, which is really important to me. Um, and my role, like the actual function of what I do as a global client lead, I, I partner with the largest companies and brands in the world, uh, working with their C-suite, their marketing leaders, and their agency partners to grow their business through our partnership. Uh, it's, it's a strategic role. It's very consultative. It's, it's highly cross-functional. Uh, and, and I'd say that the most important thing that my team and I do is to understand our clients' jobs to be done provide some insight into their customers and some expertise in their industries so that we can connect those opportunities to Meta's capabilities, drive digital transformation and, and get better results both now and then in the future as well. Um, and obviously it is global. Um, I think that's a really, really exciting part and something that I had gotten to dabble in a little bit with Vibe & Water and Coca-Cola, but I'm 100% focused on, um, on, on, on global clients and global efforts. And so while the time zones can be a challenge from time to time, um, you know, it's great to, to meet people from all around the world and partner with people from all around the world. Uh, these days, that's a lot more on video conference. But um, prior to COVID, it was very much hopping on planes and, and, and traveling out to see uh, our teams and clients in market. You mentioned the, the switch to, to Meta from Facebook, and you also talked about going from 4,000 to almost 100,000 people this year. Uh, as employees, that's a rocket ship of growth. And while you're not Mark Zuckerberg, and, and who's the face of your, your company, you still have a unique perspective on social media as opposed to the user, um, you know, from the inside. Where you think about where it was 10 years ago, where will social media be in five years and in 10 years into the future? Ooh, yeah, that's a, this is a tough question. Sure. <sighs> I'll start here. I think lots can happen in, in five years and, and, and certainly, especially over 20 years. Um, just the, the, the pace of change is accelerating so much and there's, there's so much innovation. You know, if you, if you rewind 20 years, um, you know, there were no smartphones, there were no streaming services, there was no social media networks, uh, there were no electric vehicles. Um, so it's a lot to think about, you know, what could exist in 20 years that doesn't exist now, probably a lot. Uh, you know, typically I'm, I'm not in the business of predicting the future. Uh, you got to make lots and lots of guesses, most of which turn out to be wrong, just so you can have a couple of things go right and you look really, really smart. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably won't do that. But I, I will say this. I, people are people. And so I think the things that will be successful are those things that are core to the human experience. Um, I think that's going to be core to, 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 to where we go. You know, technology will continue to change uh, probably more quickly than ever, you know, but people are still people. We, we want to feel safe. We want to feel loved. We want to be connected to ideas and information. And, and most importantly, we want to be connected to other people. Um, and I think that could take a ton of different shapes. I will say, you know, in, in, in an era where some people are, are very, you know, negative about technology, I, I'm very optimistic about the role of technology to help us accomplish great things, uh, to bring people and communities closer together. I think that human ingenuity, innovation, and new technology are 
going to help us solve problems that seem impossible to solve right now. I don't think that it's going to be a smooth ride, that there won't be bumps along the way, or that everyone will love the process of change all the time. Uh, they, they usually don't. Uh, but I think when you look at human history, this is the trend line, and, and it's accelerating. The episode will continue after a brief message from one of our sponsors. Hello, Florida State University Seminoles. Want to partner with FSU to show your school spirit? FSU specialty license plates are a great way to do just that. Stop by your local tax collector's office and get yours today. To learn more, visit fsu.edu slash mytag. Go Knowles! Now, back to the episode. JD, from the workforce to serving on our National Board of Directors, you've talked about those who influenced you and drew that leadership quality out of you at an early age that has taken you to, to the workforce where it is now. How much of that was natural? How much was developed by those people you mentioned? And how did FSU play a role in your natural progression to always being a leader? Yeah, um, I think that leadership is is definitely a skill that that each of us can develop and improve, you know, like anything, you know, learning about it, watching other people do it well and, and practicing are, are part of that process. Um, and I like to think that a lot of my leadership experience was gained through team sports uh, originally. Uh, so many lessons about working well with others and setting uh, hard goals and accomplishing goals and communication and hard conversations and having humility, both through wins and through losses. Uh, were learned on the, on the field and on the court for me. Um, at FSU, I think the opportunities just to grow and to be of service really, really multiplied. There, there's just an unlimited number of experiences to be had at FSU or, or probably most university settings, I would imagine. Uh, and for me, I wanted to explore a whole bunch of them and just figure out which of those things I was most passionate about. Um, I can pinpoint a few experiences as a student leader that, that really, really shaped the way I do things now in business and as a leader in the community. Um, and, and when I meet with students, one of the things that I, that I always say is, you know, people, people use this phrase like, hey, when you get out in the real world, and I think it's the worst phrase. <laughs> College is the real world. College is real life. Life doesn't start once you get a degree, uh, neither does being an adult. You're, you're pretty independent uh, by that stage already, and you're well on your way uh, to becoming the adult and the leader um, that, 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 that you will become. So I think, you know, I, I think the university setting in general is just such a great opportunity to develop your leadership skills. You know, it's, it's a safe, low-risk environment to explore leadership, to try hard things. You're surrounded by peers that, uh, and faculty that, that support you, that want you to succeed. And if you make a mistake, and, and, and you will, we all do, it's part of the growing process. And I think that's um, you know, a great reason to start early, uh, to start while you're on campus, maybe before you're even in a career, uh, and places where your appetite for risk or where the stakes might feel a little bit higher. You've, you've been a mentor. You've served on our board. You're a regular in speaking engagements across campus. You have seen and demonstrated the value of staying involved with Florida State long after you leave campus. And uh, even though you're in the real world on campus, uh, when you step out away from your time at Florida State, what has that returned for you? And how would you encourage those students now and those recent grads to stay engaged with Florida State in the future? 
Yeah, I, I love staying involved with FSU. Um, I mean, for me, I think it, it comes from a, a place of, of just deep appreciation and gratitude for what FSU and, and the Seminole community, you know, gave to me and provided in my life. Um, I owe FSU a lot more than what I'll ever be able to give back. So, I mean, that, that, that really sets the whole way that I think about it. Um, I met my beautiful and amazing wife, Amy, at FSU. I met my best friends at FSU. Um, I've had some of the, my best years in my life at FSU. I, I really grew up there. Um, so it's a special place for me. So it's enjoyable to come back. Um, I enjoy doing whatever I can to help FSU. And, and specifically, I really enjoy helping undergraduates that are navigating um, some of the complexities and experiences and opportunities that I had 20 plus years ago. Um, so I, I like being available and, and try to be authentic and helpful wherever I can. Um, also, as far as like returns go, like what do I get out of it? Uh, I think that the reward of being useful to someone is, is really worthwhile in, in and of itself. Yeah. Um, yep. And I have so many people to be thankful for on my journey that if I could provide even a fraction of that value to other people, then, then of course I want to do that. But, you know, the truth is, and, and Keith, you know this, um, you know, as we've become friends and, and, and some of the other folks that we've served on board with, you know, I've made some really incredible lifelong friends yeah. through my involvement as an alum, people that I, I wouldn't have the opportunity to get to know uh, while I was in college. Maybe we weren't even in school at the same time. Others we were, but we ran in different circles. So I'd say that's a pretty great perk too. And then, you know, just a final piece of advice, if you for folks that are considering getting involved or, or might like to, um, I would just say, just raise your hand. There, there are a thousand different places where your talents can be of, of service to students and, and to the university. So I think just getting started is, is the trick. So much of what you just said reiterates the point that Florida State's not brick and mortar, it's the people. And, uh, you know, that, that Seminole family you talked about is so valuable and impacts so many of us for our entire lives. So let's stay on campus there with rapid fire to finish. Uh, I'm going to put you, put some tough questions to you. Let's see how quickly you can answer them. Garnet or gold? Garnet. Proper answer. Beat Florida or beat Miami? Beat the Gators. Always, always. What's your favorite spot on campus? Doke when it is packed and loud, especially for something like the the Notre Dame game this year or the the nineteen ninety eight game against the Gators, just something like that where you just feel the energy. That was a cold and wet afternoon into the evening. I remember that one well. I bet you do. <laughs> That's right. That was that was, uh, that was Doug Johnson and throwing the ball at, at Coach Bowden in the pregame. And uh, remember all that fight pregame? It's like it was yesterday. Favorite FSU tradition. Osceola and Renegade. There is nothing better. And this is the tough one to finish. JD, describe Florida State in a single word. Family. Awesome. JD, thanks for for joining us today on Echoes. Thanks for the unique insight to uh, your career and what you do and something that touches so many of us in social media and for giving back, for paying back in that way that you said could only might only be a fraction of what was given to you. But um, somebody out there is going to take away from this, uh, you know, what, what you once had. And so we appreciate you being a Seminole. We're glad you're a Noel. We wish you the best. And thanks for being a part of Echoes today. Thank you, Keith. Hi, I'm Shari Williams, class of 2006 and member of the FSU Black Alumni Network. Are you enjoying the podcast so far? 
Take a moment to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave a review, or share an episode with a fellow Noel. It's easy to do, and it helps us reach even more Seminole alumni with our show. Thanks, and go Knowles! The Echoes podcast is edited and produced by Janicia Britt, Assistant Director of Communications and Editor-in-Chief of Vires, the official alumni magazine of Florida State University. Myself, Sarah Gray, Digital Media Coordinator and hosted by Keith Cottrell, Director of Seminole Clubs. For more alumni news, be sure to follow us on social media at FSU Alumni. For general university news, head on over to news.fsu.edu. Thanks for listening and go Knowles!